going to go to Matthew chapter 19. I, uh, you can go ahead and put the, that PowerPoint up there. Just don't let it start yet. So Genesis chapter 2, and then we're going to Matthew chapter 19. I, again, had intended to teach on the oneness of God uh, again tonight, as I had said before. But we're going to go a little, little different direction tonight. And you'll find out in just a minute, in a minute the, exactly the reason why. Um, but Lord willing, next Tuesday night, I'm going to deal with uh, again with the Son of God and give you hopefully some insight um, both into the physical and the spiritual aspects of the Son of God. We touched a little bit on it, but the Word of God, it, there's so much in there. And I want you to know as much as you can about who you serve. And it's Christmas time and he came, wrapped himself in flesh, and so I want you to have a little better understanding about that. So we're going to deal with that next Wednesday night, the Lord willing, and we'll go into depth in that and look at the scriptures and the birth of Christ and what all that means. Today we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2 and when I begin here, some of you are going to say, I, I, I think I better run, but stay in the house. Genesis 2, verse 21. Genesis 2, verse 21. Genesis 2 and verse 21. And again, verse 21 of Genesis chapter 2, it says this, And the Lord... God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And man has been unconscious ever since because of what was about to happen to him. And he slept. Sounds good so far. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woo woman woo woo man and brought her unto the man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woo man because she was taken out of man this was the new model there had not been another model made yet of the woman. She was the first, folks. And so I, I can just imagine Adam, that, that's kind of hard for him to get his mind around that. Um, that, wow, she's different than I am. And she's a woman. And where did she come from? And I, I was asleep. I woke up and there she is, you know. I think I'm going to go back to sleep again. So, um, But it's very important. Look at that verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Matthew 19. I'm going to make some remarks about that in Genesis in a moment. Go to Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 4. Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 4. Matthew chapter 19 verse 4 says this, And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read 
that he which made them at the beginning made them hmm. well now if anybody had a right to be able to speak on what those first two were I would say it was probably the person that was speaking since it was almighty God in flesh that was speaking I would say since he was there he probably knows that one was a male and one was a female and I would say since he created them I would say that he was I'm pretty sure he knew what they were male and a female and I think he totally understood when he made them how it all worked and fit together because of what he wanted to happen that was he wanted there to be an offspring and if there was going to be an offspring or a procreation then he is going to have to cre create them in such a way that they could fulfill the purpose of God that's how God works. God puts us here because he has purpose for your life and he has his will that needs to be done. So he created every one of us, gave you talents, gave you abilities, gave you different things. Why? Because God has a purpose for everybody in this house. So you add value to this church even though you may not be doing a part that seems to be the one up on the stage or the platform you're still very important to the palace of praise because everybody has to do their part. Why? Because you are put here by a God that has a wheel that he wants done, folks. So when he created man, male and female, he did that because of procreation. I have many times said that those that are pushing to have same-sex marriage, the way that we could see if this was really the right thing to do is to take them all and put them on an island. And in 50 years, let's see how things go there on that island. It wouldn't take 50 years, but that would do the job. Because in 50 years, there would be only a bunch of old, old folks left on the island. And that's all. Why? because it goes against the creation of our God. He said, if I'm going to have children or birth, then we're going to need the male and we're going to need the female. I'm not getting in a whole bunch of biology class today. I'm being very simple with this, but I'm trying to make a point here today. It is important that the palace praise understand that we believe in marriage being between one male and one female. One male and one female, the palace of praise. That's not being said to separate and try to alienate people. If we have had people come here that do not believe that, we have been kind to them, we have been gracious to them, and we believe that, hey, they need God, folks. So we're not saying, keep that out. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, if we are going to please God, we got to obey his book, and according to his book, that's what it is. Yeah. Amen. 
Amen. I know this is not one of those run the aisle things tonight, but I'm saying these things for a reason. Verse 5 says this, And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. I've seen that not happen, and that creates problems, folks. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one, one, one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. That's the reason why the palace of praise, we are very pro-marriage around here. We are very pro-family around here. Why? We as a church are going to try to help to encourage each and every couple that's at the palace of praise. We're going to try to make sure by, we do everything in our power to make sure you stay together. We're going to do everything in our power, including prayer, anything we can do. That's the reason why throughout this year we have brought our couples down. We have honored them and said, hey, we want to let you know marriage holds a very high place on a high shelf at the Palace of Praise. This is important to the Palace of Praise. Amen. And again, I know some of you are saying, well, I'm not married, I don't think, but that doesn't change what the Word of God says, and it does not change the fact that we're dealing with this very situation in this nation right now and around the world. There's a real push on this to minimize marriage, minimize family. And so I just want to make sure that we reiterate some things at the Palace of Praise. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Now it's going to get a little more hairy here. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to go to verse number 22. Many, many years ago in France, there was a thief who had been caught stealing and he had stolen many, many, many times. And finally he came before the judge and the judge said, you've done this so many times now that to the gallows you go. And he said, but I'm going to give you one chance. He said, this is, here's your one chance. He said, I think the thing that would help you to reform is if you got married. So if you guarantee me that you will get married, then I will suspend your sentence and you don't have to get hung. A homely girl stepped up and said, I'm willing to be a part of that. He turned to the hangman. He says, do your job. I'd rather hang on the gallows than hang with her. <laughs> so I know some people may feel that way about marriage. There's a choice, just hang me. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what, marriage is not that bad. Even if you've had a bad experience or had some struggles, it's not that bad, all right? Can the two good couples say amen in the house? Amen. All right, all right. Boy, there wasn't many amens. But anyway, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22 says this, Wives, oh man, Lord, false doctrine. Some of you wives are saying this. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. <clears throat> wow. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Hmm. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. Now, that kind of goes against our culture today. <laughs> uh, you're not going to find a lots of people that are going to agree with that statement right there. But, folks, this verse here is just as much a part of the Bible as Acts 2.38 is. 
And, and if you want the blessings of God, we're going to have to obey all the verses in the Bible. And, and, and I, I don't want you to, women to be going, man, he's, you know, he's a male chauvinist and he's picking on me and all these things. Well, verse 25 says this, husbands, I don't care how hard it is, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. He doesn't give us another option. Well, I tell you what, if she comes every night and rubs my feet and brings me my coffee and she does, I'll then love her. But if she don't, not happening here. There are no qualifications here. Look, it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself and gave himself and gave himself and gave himself for it. Now, I know it's probably going to get a little, little <clears throat> tight here in just a minute, but I do believe I should probably talk just a little bit here and teach just a little bit here. Is that all right? Uh, I'll go verse one more verse, drop down to 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Uh-oh. Now he tells us to what degree we are to be loving our wives so that he that loveth his wife loveth himself. Why? Well, the scripture told us it's very clear. And these two shall become one. You are one. Then if you're one, if you are loving her, you're loving yourself because you're one. It's what the whole Bible's about. Here, here's something. There are, there's blessing in being in order with God's word. Now, lots of people, and I've taught this before, but it fits very well into, our, into this lesson tonight. And that's 1 Corinthians. You don't have to go there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 11. People make a huge deal about this, this verse of Scripture that talks about the hair of the man and the hair of the woman. But if you read the context from verse number 1 all the way to the end of that, the hair is a symptom. It's not the issue. You say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's very clear in there. If you go back to that very portion of, very portion of Scripture there in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you're going to find out that when he starts out, he tells you what the whole thing he's going to tell you in the rest of the verses is what, about, is what it is about. What is it? Okay, let's look at the first few verses there. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep ordinance as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. And then he goes on now to support what he has just said. What's he talking about? There's an order. God all the way right down, there's an order that's supposed to be there. And he's saying this, when you see an individual whose hair is not right, it shows you where they are in the order. Okay? You say, what do you mean? Okay, I'm not trying to show it anything bad, but if you look to certain people that have same sex, especially your, the female sides, look and see what kind of hair you're going to get. 
What kind is the number one hair you're going to see on there? Very short. What he is saying is, we're changing the order, God's order, and it's reflected in our hair. When you have a man that's real rebellious against his authority, to God, authority, what's he like to do? What was he saying? The hair is a symptom of what's going on the inside and they're out of order according to what God is saying the order should be. And that's what this whole deal about hair, am I minimizing that? Uh, no, I'm saying the issue is, is deeper than just hair. The issue is we've got to be in order with God's word. You say, well, what's that got to do? This order goes back to the home. Order goes back to the home. The order is in the husband and the wife and in the home. If things are out of order there, folks, you're messed up in God's perfect will and plan according to his word. And you may say, well, I talk in tongues, but you have to do what God asked us to do according to his word. Now hear me. Men, husbands, you're not Mr. Boss Man. That's good. Thank you, Brother Walker. You're not Mr. Bossman who says, you go do this. I'm the head of this. That We had a man that was in this church that did that kind of mess. Remember that bishop? Command and order. He'd do this. When he clapped, when he did those fingers, he wanted her to jump. Am I telling the truth, Bishop? He'd snap those fingers and he'd want her to jump up and run right over there and see what he wanted. Let me tell you something. That's wicked. Because that's absolutely not what he's talking about right there. I'm not Mr. Bossman to her. I'm her husband. I'm her husband. We are one together. I am her protector. I am her provider. That's what I am going to be for her. So if you want to try to mess with her, you're going to have to go through me. Because I'm her protector. Because God has put me in that position to help her. She's my helpmeet. She helps me to do what God has asked me to do and be the very best husband I can and the very best father I can and the very best pastor I can. Be. can. She is there to help me in all of those things. Does that minimize her importance? Absolutely not. That makes her very valuable to the kingdom of God. But in this world in which we live, they want to throw away the word of God and they say, you don't need this. You can have your own. And I'm not knocking that at all. Let me tell you something. You can have a job and a career and it's fine. Everybody say, that's fine. It's perfectly all right. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is, don't let it become so much that you feel like you're greater than your husband. Because then you're messing up the order according to God's word. Because I've seen some ladies, they have great job, great career, very talented, everything, folks, but they handle it extremely well. Now, some of you, get ready now. Buckle your seatbelts and hold on. I'll tell you what's really dangerous, wife, is to outshine your husband. I've seen it. You want to destroy him? Outshine him. Why? I'll tell you why, and I don't have time for this lesson. It's called a male ego. Okay? God put something in us males. Okay, who did he make first? Man, okay? With man, he made a male ego. 
Well, the male ego means that we are bulletproof, invisible, and can jump over buildings. We think. <laughs> now, I'm a guy, and I'm saying that. But we do have inside of us a thing called male ego. If you destroy that male ego, you destroy that man. And if you destroy that male ego, guess who he's coming after? He's coming after you because you have destroyed him. So I'm really good. This is, this is what you call some really good teaching here tonight. And you're not going to hear it in lots of places. So what you are to do is what? You better help in encouraging him to be the best he can be because guess what? You're one. When he becomes better, guess what happens to you? You become better. When he becomes stronger, you become stronger. If you destroy him, you destroy yourself. I have seen wives that have backbited and gossiped against their husbands. They didn't realize that every bullet they were shooting at their husband was a bullet they were shooting at themselves. Because anybody that was listening to that was thinking to themselves, what kind of person are you? To talk? No wonder he's the way he is. Look at what he's living with. You know? I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you the facts here. See, God put us together and there's an order. There's a male and there's a female, folks. There has to be order. Now then, you ready for this? Inside of the church, we need our males to be real men. We don't need to, okay, everybody, brace for this, but it's, it's been said here in these pulpits before. We don't need no limp-wristed, panty-waist men at the Palace of Praise. That's good stuff. Can I, hear, can I hear a baritone amen here? Amen. That's right. We need some guys to be real men because we got young guys in this church that need to look up to some real men and not a bunch of wimps. We need men that are going to love their wives and love and respect the women that are not their wives at the Palace of Praise. One thing I've told our boys ever since they were small enough to open a door is no one goes in the door until the girls go in the door first. Boy, I think I just heard a needle hit the ground right there. Woo! That's a good stuff right here. What was it doing? Trying to teach them about respect for the female. So that when we get to the door, we open the door and everybody stands there however long it needs to until Mama Bear comes and goes in and then all the girls come through and then the guys go in the place. It's about respect for females because we don't hit women. We don't verbally abuse women. We don't mistreat women. Boy, I'm doing good today. Amen. That's the way we do it around here. So that needs to be here at the Palace of Praise. We need the men of this church to respect the women that are here. When we're going out, you can open the door and let them go out. Then slam the door behind and lock it. No, <laughs> let them go out. <laughs> be kind to them. Treat them right, folks. That's what we need around here. Young men that know how to treat young women right. 
Oh, this is good. I remember when one of my son-in-laws, he was going to join the family, and so he was visiting us, and we were going out to eat, and we all got there, and, and we got to the restaurant and opened the door. When the boys opened the door, and all the guys were just all stopping, and here come my wife went in, and my daughter hasn't made it there yet, and he's walking in front of them and goes right in front of the door. That's not a good thing because you can't you see all the guys are standing outside? And so we went out and said, hey, 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 the girls haven't gone in first. You need to come back out here with us. He felt really small at that point. But here's what I was trying to do, teach him a point, that we got to take care of our women folks around here. This is really good stuff here tonight. Now then, <laughs> brace, because I know I'm going to get lots of loving with this one right here. Men... You did not marry your mama. You married your wife, okay? And the Bible said, love your wife as... <clears throat> you know what? You need to pick your own clothes up. And put your own dirty clothes in the laundry room yourself. You need to help your wife. Especially if your wife is working, you have no right to think that she's going to have to come home, cook your meals, wash the dishes, and do all that stuff while you sit on your big old hunker. You get up off of your hunker and you help. You're not going to hear this in every church. I'll tell you that right now. Some of you are wishing you didn't hear it at the palace of praise tonight. But folks, when we go into our room, we should have our dirty clothes picked up and we should be throwing them in the dirty clothes. We should be making up our bed. When we get up out of bed, we straighten our bed and make it right. We should make sure that when we're done with stuff, we pick them up and we clean them up. I'm still working on my boys for this. We are still working on this, folks. It is a work in progress for all of us. But if you are married... You have a responsibility to her to treat her like you would want yourself treated. And if you were the wife at home, you'd want her to pick up and clean up and do some things around there too. And if she gets home and cooks a meal, you know what? Why don't you roll up your sleeves and get in there and wash the dishes? If she worked today, hey, it's, it's teamwork here, folks. This is just good teaching at the Palace of Praise because I'm trying to help us at the Palace of Praise. We need to respect one another, love one another, be kind to one another. Our strength of the Palace of Praise is built on up, on up, up on every home at the Palace of Praise. If things are out of order in our homes, it weakens the base of the Palace of Praise. So I need to give teaching so that we can have strength and great examples here at the Palace of Praise. We've got excellent couples at the Palace of Praise. I don't have any people that I'm having to come to and say, we got some real issues with these couples. Except, for, no. <laughs> we don't. We have great couples, at the, great examples at the Palace of Praise. So I can say this without having to go, man, I hope they're not thinking I'm preaching against them tonight. It's not. But I want our husbands and wives to understand you need to love one another singles I'm giving you good advice for when you get married too and you need to look and see how they treat their parents 
Because if they're mistreating their parents, they're going to mistreat you because they have no respect for authority. And we go back to the order that's right there in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is about order. And I can go through and show you the rest of them. Go on and down through there and you'll look and see where you find the word order in there. He writes it two different times. You're going to find the word order in there because what he's dealing with, he's saying, I want, God wants things to be in order. And God wants the church to be in order. He wants our homes to be in order. He wants the husband to be in his place. He wants the wife to be in her place. And he wants the kids to be in their place. The kids are what? To honor their mother and their father. To obey their mother and their father. To love their mother and their father. Amen. That's part of the whole thing to strengthen this entire church. And let me tell you something, kids. You mistreat your parents. You'll reap that someday. It'll come back to you and you'll be saying, my Lord and my God, these are holy terror. Teenagers, my word. But just mark it down. You can, it comes around for you there. So you better love and respect your parents now. Parents, you should be saying amen to this. This is good stuff here, all right? But I'm teaching this tonight for a reason. We live in a society that is trying to tear apart marriages every way they can. And let me tell you something. There are good people that get together, two excellent people who get together, but they wasn't the right people for each other. Does that make both of them bad people? It does not make them bad people. It just makes situations happen, okay? Divorce happens. And there are things in relationship that great people have not been able to control what the other spouse was doing because they made poor decisions. That does not make them a bad person because they couldn't stay with that person, folks. Things happen. Somebody needs to say amen. And that's just life. And you don't look at people and say, well, that's no, that's not the way it is, folks. What I'm trying to do is strengthen this families at the Palace of Praise, strengthen our, our married couples at the Palace of Praise, and let you know at the Palace of Praise, marriage is important to us at the Palace of Praise. And at the Palace of Praise, according to the Scripture, it takes one male and one female to have a marriage. I don't care if the Supreme Court passed their thing and said it's different. The Supreme Court does never going to trump this thing right here, the Word of God. It's never going to trump the Word of God. The Word of God is always going to be the top. And again, hus husbands, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, I know all of you were not blessed as I was to be able to get a beautiful, sweet wife like my wife. But whatever you got, make the best of it, okay? Okay. <laughs> See, some of you can laugh, can't you? <laughs> you have that PowerPoint up there, buddy? I'm going okay, get to it, get it loaded up there. Reason why I was teaching this night, we're going to go back to doctrine next uh, next week, is because it's a very special day today, December the twelfth. Today, it's a very special day today. So, I would like for you to turn these lights down if you can, just a little bit, and uh, can you turn these down up here on the platform so we can see this thing a little bit better? And and Bishop, you might want to turn so you can see this screen because I don't know if you can see that screen behind you there. If you, if you, if you stand up, I'll turn your chair. I'm not good at turning your chair with you in it. <laughs> I might be able to do it, but I don't want to twist you around. Is that good? There we go. Sorry, we don't have popcorn. But, <laughs> so. but anyway, 
so I don't know if anybody else can see or not, but anyway, here, ready? Oh, you may have to put a little music on there because you can set us the mood here. I don't know. <laughs> That's Bishop. It's a drug and filth well they brought here. That's a house that you set right here. That old house to the right there. That's the front of the original church. Sister King's standing there. The Tuttles. inside of that old house. Their money tree one year.
That's when he preached the sermon. softball pitcher. This is their 50th wedding anniversary at an escort. This is his mother. celebrating this 40th anniversary. breaking ground for the new building. Brother and sister Urshan, Nathaniel Urshan. Gaden right there in Darrell. State Senator Charles Starr.
Golden Gate get their 50th anniversary. Well, if you didn't get the hint yet, um, it's the King's 65th anniversary today. They've been married 65 years. I think that's pretty awesome, folks. I could talk for a long time, but I think a pretty good example is just a couple that stay together 65 years. That's pretty good stuff. Well, Bishop, I'm going to let you come say something, or you can sit right there and say something. You do what you want to do. But there's the microphone. Thank you. Yeah. The scripture talks about boasting boasting in the Lord. I want to boast in the Lord tonight. My wife and I took us 65 years to get here tonight. It was a Saturday night. We got married about 8 o'clock. I wouldn't recommend getting married at night. My wife and I are trophies of the grace of God. We are trophies of the grace of God. We are what we are by the grace of God. He is and therefore I am. If he was not, I would not be. He's my everything. He's my breath. He's my sunshine. He's my strength. He's my vitality. He made me in his own image. In the image of God made he male and female. And the first commandment he gave to Adam and Eve, and thank the Lord for what Pastor Sparks has brought us tonight, the first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve was, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Two men can't do that. I don't care how hard they try. Two women can't do that. And I hope there's no one in this household of faith that is sympathetic with that wicked cause. Shame on you if you are. Yes, but preacher, it, it's someone in my family. I don't care who it is. God's against it. Don't condone it. You'll, it'll come back and bite you. She and I are trophies of the grace of God. Allow me just to boast a little bit. She and I, I took my first church 60 years ago this year. 
Allen, Oklahoma. Didn't have indoor bathroom. Had a beautiful church. No indoor bathrooms. No running water in it. We had two outhouses out at the back of the property. I was there for two years. They taught me more than I ever taught them. Then I went to my second church and was there four years. 1963, God gave us a great revival in that church. Great revival. And I left that church and my father-in-law, who had two sons older than me, but asked me to take the Oklahoma City Church that he founded in 1936. And I became the pastor of that. And my father-in-law installed me there on Firecracker Day, July the 4th, 1965. I was there for six and a half years. Went to the General Conference in Houston, Texas. And was elected by the General Conference to be the first full-time Sunday School Secretary for the United Pentecostal Church. Held that position for almost six years. Went through one of the, probably the worst trial we've ever gone through while living in St. Louis. The death of Joe and Faith and Matthew and Jared was not the worst thing we faced. We faced something worse than that. but we are what we are by the grace of God. I'm boasting a little tonight, and you may resent this, but let me tell you what. She and I have been an example to this church. And we're still an example in faithfulness, in faith, I'm giving the same offerings I used to give when I had a salary. And I don't have a salary now, but I give the same offerings that I've given for years. I give $50 just offering every week to this church. I pay my tithe. I give Sunday school offering. I give Palace of Praise Academy offering every Wednesday night. What am I doing? I'm boasting in the Lord because we are an example to all of you. And I'm not saying this for any blessing or benefit to me. I'm giving him the praise. I thank God. I was awakened this morning at 16 minutes after 4 o'clock and got up and went to my prayer spot. Prayed over an hour this morning. And I pray for all of you. I called your names. Every one of you, I called your name. I'm boasting in the Lord tonight. Resent me if you want to. I, well, Paul did it. Apostle Paul did it, and if he can, I certainly can just a little bit on this 65th anniversary of our marriage together. 
I could give you a bunch of scriptures about boasting in the Lord because that's what I'm doing. I'm not boasting in D.A. King. No, no, no. Then after we left headquarters, we came here at the request of the founding pastor of this church, Brother Jim Darrell, and became the pastor here, took our first service here on the last Sunday in July, 1977. We've been here 41 plus years, still faithful, and still faith in God. And I cherish my faith in God above everything. I, by the grace of God, am going to hold on to my faith in God regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the events, regardless of the happenings. I'm not going to allow it by the grace of God to keep me away from the house of God. And I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve. I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve. We are trophies of the grace of God. And I want to say to all the ladies... Pastor Sparks, thank you for what you brought us tonight. This has been rich and good and so needful. And by the way, men, uh, how tidy are you in the bathroom? Do you hang up the towel when you're done with it? Do you hang it up properly? I make my own bed every morning. I make sure the bathroom's clean. I, I clean out the sink when I'm done because there's grime around the sink bowl and there is around yours too. Oh yeah, our water's got it in it. I'm boasting tonight because I'm an example to this church. And I'm a trophy of his grace. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Can I say that to this church? Follow me as I follow Christ. Is my example poor and pitiful and terrible? I wouldn't follow you even to the wherever. No. We're trophies of the grace of God. And I'm boasting in him. But sisters... That little lady sitting right there and my wife for 65 years. We've known each other for more than 67 years. She has never, never, never resisted me in any move I felt that God wanted us to make. Not one time has she ever resisted me. I commend her. I honor her. I thank God for my wife every morning. I wasn't expecting this at all tonight, but I sure am thankful for the goodness of God and the health he's given us. 86 and 85 years young. I said young.
compared to Methuselah, we're just crawling. Yes. I thank God that we're able to get around like we are. And I thank God for my chauffeurs. We can't drive. We lost our privilege to drive. But we've got some fantastic chauffeurs, and I appreciate that so very much. Sister Nicole has been a great chauffeur. And she's had to leave us because of moving. And my daughter's a great chauffeur, and I've got two grandsons that's chauffeuring us around. I pray for them. Oh, God, oh, God, give, give, give the angels, help the angels to be their chauffeur and surveillance and preservation and help them to do a good job. I don't know how many angels have gone back to heaven with a nervous breakdown. Anyhow, thank you, Pastor Sparks, for this. I appreciate it. But we're trophies of His grace. And by the grace of God, I'm going to continue to be just that. All stand if you would. Amen. We're, we're going to ask them to make their way right here by the platform. I, I hope you guys allowed me the latitude to honor them tonight. I think it's, it's very important that we honor them for 65 years. Come right up here if you would. 65 years, that's a long time, folks. A long time. Great example here. So that's the reason why I taught what I did a little earlier. And he even got a little more details, see, so you, you can't, we can't, we got you all fixed up there, amen. Once you gather down here, if you would, and we're going to pray for them tonight, that the Lord minister, would you come? And we're going to pray, God, his hand upon them and upon their home and bless them, amen. Again, the palace of praise values families, we value marriage, amen. You know, marriage can be the best thing outside of Jesus Christ if you get the right person. Amen. It can. Amen. So you need to pray. Make sure you get the right one, but it can be a real blessing. Amen. So I want you to gather in, if you would, Brother Angelo, Brother Darian, come in here and let's pray. You guys put your hands on them too. Lord Jesus, we are thankful, God, even again tonight, Lord. That you, oh God, have kept them, Lord, from day to day. We're thankful, Lord, for the strength you have given them from day to day. And God, that you have given them good health in their bodies. We're thankful, Lord, for your mercy, God, to both for them, God, an amazing grace. And Lord, we are thankful for every day you have given them together, Lord. 65 years, God, is a testimony of your goodness, your mercy, and your power, God, and the power of the Holy Ghost. Pray, Lord, that you would put a hedge about them, God, about their home. Lord, keep them, protect them, Lord. Strengthen them, God, physically in their bodies, Lord. God, that you would continue to use them for your glory and for your honor, God. That they continue, Lord, to be the examples they need to be, Lord, as parents, as grandparents and great-grandparents, Lord, and leaders in this church. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom in every decision they make, Lord, that you would protect them from those that would seek to do them harm, God. And I pray, oh, Lord, that you give them a greater anointing in them the days that are before them, Lord. God, thy perfect will to be done, Lord, in their lives. 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, we give you all glory and honor because it's due unto you. King of glory, King of glory, I love you, Lord, and I'm thankful, God, for what you have done in their lives, Lord, and in their marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, congratulations for 65 years. Thank you. Congratulations. Amen. I benefited because I got a wife out of it. Amen. And you're going to benefit because they have something sweet back there for you guys. So, ooh. What? Oh, that's right. Amen. That's right. I thought it was her, but oh well. Okay. Learn something every day. All right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold it against you. I still love you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go back there and have some food again. Remember tomorrow night, it's our, at our Thanksgiving.